0: Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. All right, you guys ready for some gospel? Let's get it, man. Thank you, Chris, listening Y'all, it is June. I mean, we are halfway through the year now, so, like, man, six months have come, and they're here, and before long, wait, wait, is anybody already buying Christmas gifts? Just by a show of hands, anybody at all? Nobody? What's that? Y- y'all about to now that y'all heard me make that statement. Amazon Prime is getting ready. So, my wife and I would tell each other every year, you know, we're going to buy gifts earlier this year. Yeah, that, it's like, how is it Christmas Eve at 1159 and we still trying to see if we can order something and get it here by the morning? How is that possible? But it happens in Twin Oaks. All right, I'm going to keep just sharing some good news with you guys about um, just the Holy Spirit and who he is and kind of some of the ways that he operates. Um, I'm sure they announced that I had, I went to the restroom, but did we announce baptism coming up? We announced that? Okay, a few people have shared with me that they want to be baptized. Make sure and sign up for that. I want to say this I'll probably do this um, in the month of July, then we will have a baby dedication because y'all keep having kids. And it's like, our, some people's <laughs> like, is your ministry growing? Oh, it's it's growing. It's like they, a lot of our church family don't have any extracurricular activity, obviously. So, and I, I, I ain't fussing with them. I'm like, keep doing what y'all do. Get down. So, ain't that right, Gerard? I uh, bless you, brother. I uh, bless you. Uh, me, Gerard was sharing with me. They, they won another one already. Is that what you told me, Gerard? I just feel free to, feel free to receive that if you, if you want to, Gerard. It's the first commandment. Be fruitful in what? Look at that. All your Bible experts in the house, all is good. So, let me see. I know I text you some Bible verses. Um, okay, I'm just going to call these out loud. If you guys want to, you can save them, and we'll be turning there. Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. Um, we'll be reading Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. So those are both the, those are refrigerated Bible verses for us. And then we'll read Luke 24 and 49. We'll read Ephesians 3.20, and maybe Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and Acts 4.13. Acts 1.8, and Acts 4.13. Bless the Lord. I'm going to read Isaiah 61 first, and then we'll go to Luke chapter 4. So you'll throw those up for me, Miss Marsha. I'll dive in there with you. Which, by the way, if you guys are wondering, I, I pretty much cut off the front of my pinky here I was cutting a uh, watermelon on Memorial Day and you know I was cutting it like every man of God does the right way and so I'm cutting this watermelon and my wife's like why are you cutting it that way for she's probably watching right now she's like why are you cutting it that way for us I don't know it's kind of how I cut it so basically I was making the slices they were going to be really big but which is how I always do it but then I'll go back once I make that cut and I'll cut them down the middle so they're smaller but she was like cut it this way you know I was getting on her nerves where I was cutting the watermelon that ever happen in anybody else's household? You just do something that it ain't necessarily wrong. It's just not the way that your spouse wants it, women or men. Ain't nobody raising your hand. Chumps, got a couple of honest people. Okay. Oh, real quick, what does Ben do that bothers you? Nothing. She's like, okay, okay. We don't got enough time. Okay, just real quick. So that's what I was doing. And then as soon as I turned, the first cut, soon as I turned the watermelon, I had like that much blade come out, but that was enough to... And I cut it real quick and I closed it and I was like, I think I just cut myself. And then that burning sensation confirmed in my spirit. I cut myself. But I, didn't, I had no clue how bad it was. Um, after about 90 seconds, it wasn't bleeding, so I didn't think it was that bad. And I told my wife, I'm going to walk outside and just see how bad this is. And when I walked outside, my pinky finger said, Hey, just like waving around. And I was like, So I kind of like put it back and closed it back and I was like, Let's go to the hospital. So Memorial Day will forever be a day of memory for me. So, and my my wife likes to massage my hands every night. So she's been upset that she can't do that. She's not here. So just take my word for it. So, and she's probably watching. She's probably comment. Don't comment nothing bad online, babe. That'd be really bad for us. But Isaiah 61 reads like this. This is or 800 years before Christ. This is what the prophet Isaiah says of Jesus. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Now, everybody say this, say two. Watch this. So the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Actually, in my Bible, I have that out uh, marked out and I put my name there. Upon Joshua. It's true for all of us. Because the Lord has anointed us to do something, to preach good tidings to the poor, to heal the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Actually, put, do the next verse, number two. I know I didn't give you that, but to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, watch this, and the day of vengeance of our God. Now, we'll read in a second where Jesus actually quotes this same passage, and guess what part of the passage Jesus didn't quote? The day of vengeance of our God. Did Jesus misquote scripture? No, no, no. He was bringing you the full fulfillment of it. If you really don't know the day of vengeance is, it's the day of God's goodness manifested through the sun. That was the vengeance or the wrath of God. It was Jesus Christ fully manifest. And it's always good. We're also anointed to comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. To give them what? Beauty for ashes. To give people the oil of joy for what? Mourning. And to give them the garment of praise in place of the spirit of heaviness. Why? So that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Let's go to Luke's gospel. Jesus reads the exact same thing, quotes the exact same thing um, from this scroll. I love this, by the way. This is Luke chapter 4. I want to say it's verse 18 and 19. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. And by the way, this is Jesus getting ready to start his public ministry. He goes to the synagogue, as his custom was, and he opens the scroll, not a book, but he, he unravels the scroll, and he starts to read, and this is what he read. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and I'm going to read verse 19, but I want to keep on reading down, uh, Miss Marshall, so just kind of be prepared for that. And he sent me to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Okay, we got verse 20. Is that possible to throw it up there? And then he closed the book, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down, and the eyes of all of those who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Next verse. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That would have almost been heretical because whoever, I mean, who in their day stood up and said, matter of fact, this this Bible verse is getting ready to happen right now. But Jesus did that. He did that. Um, the next verse I gave you, Miss Marsha, yeah, whatever verse that was. Let me look back. Stay within your bounds, Joshua Jones. All right, let's look at Luke's gospel chapter 24. Luke's gospel chapter 24, verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. This is after the resurrection, by the way, of Jesus. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are Everybody say endued, endued with power from on high. I'm sending the promise of my father, but don't leave the city until you are endued with power from on high. Now let's look at Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and then we'll go to Acts 4.13. Acts one eight, and then Acts four thirteen. This is Jesus talking again after the resurrection. Here, you shall receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit has what come upon you. See, there's that word upon you again. And you shall be witnesses to me. You shall be witnesses to what me or Christ in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, Acts 4, 13. I want you to watch what happens when these fishermen and tax collectors go out and begin sharing the love of Christ in their community, or what we affectionately call the gospel. Um, I love this. This is one of my favorite little Bible verses, Acts 4, 13. Now, After these guys had preached, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with who? Jesus. Now, we know y'all don't got much of an education, but we can tell you have been with Jesus. Father, let your word speak to our hearts today and encourage us in Jesus' name. Over the last couple of weeks, um, really, I guess, four weeks now, we've just been talking about the Holy Spirit, a little of who he is, and kind of how he moves. If you remember the illustration I gave you last week, it would be difficult for you to know what a picture is if you only take a pixel of that picture and try to define it. And the best way to get a glimpse of what the picture is is put all the pixels together in the proper place so that you can best see what the picture is. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the Son of Man, yet He's the Son of God. He's fully God, yet He's fully man. Primarily in the Hebrew Scriptures, in the Old Covenant, primarily you see Father God coming down And speaking by way of Holy Spirit, interacting with humanity. Primarily in the old covenant, you see that happen. You have a lot of what some people would call them Christophanies, where you see Christ appearing in the old covenant, but they didn't know it was Jesus, but it was Jesus. We can call him the second person of the Godhead if you want. Uh, Just understand the Bible doesn't say that the Father's first, the Son's second, and the Holy Spirit's third. they're, They're God together. But for the sake of understanding, we'll say God the Father was speaking in the Old Covenant, primarily uh, toward the end of the Old Covenant. Also understand this, Jesus Christ is a Old Covenant Bible figure. The New Covenant didn't start until after the resurrection. hear that? So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but really Jesus Christ is a Old Covenant Bible figure. You could say he was standing with one foot in the old, and the new one he just made, he was in, in in between the two of them, as it were, but primarily his life took place in the old covenant. His death, burial, and resurrection was the inauguration of the new. The father would come down primarily in the old covenant and speak. Um, he came down on a mountain, and he spoke to the whole nation. The Bible says the mountain, Mount Sinai, it was quaking under the presence of of Papa, like just just... Buckling up under the weight of who he was. The Sun comes down and lives for 33 and a half years on planet Earth, demonstrating, showing, exemplifying to humanity, what the Father was really like, and what he looked like. Remember, one of my favorite Bible verses, I quote it literally every week to you guys. Colossians 1:15 says that Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He showed humans what God was like. I say this all the time. If you ever wanted to know what God the Father was like, all you had to do was spend a little bit of time with Jesus because Jesus said, when you see me, you see who? You see my father. He showed us what he was like. The disciples, for three years, living with Jesus, fell in love with him. Fell in love with him. They watched him. Watch this. Jesus did the stuff that was not popular for religion in his day. He touched the untouchables that would have been the lepers. He ate with people that it was said that would defile you. He ate in the home of sinful people. And whenever he did this, the religious elite of his day would say, if he knew who these people really was, he wouldn't be with them right now. You think Jesus knew who they were? Why did Jesus eat in fellowship with those kind of people? Because he wanted them to know that just because your life isn't perfect does not mean that God doesn't want to have any dealings with you. As a matter of fact, you're the one God wants to have some dealings with. And he made this statement. He said, (laughs) is it the whole or the sick that need to see a physician? That's what Jesus said. What is the answer to that? Sick, this is why I've come. In their line of ministry, their style of ministry, they were wanting only to minister to the whole people. How are the sick people supposed to get healed? How How are the spiritually broken people supposed to get whole if we don't welcome them in? (laughs) <laughs> like that's like saying i don't want no liars to come to to my house or to our church i don't want no fornicators i don't i don't want the sexually confused it's so quiet in here right now you can hear what you're right <laughs> Really quiet in here right now. I got, he was doing really good, Josh, talking about the sun coming. But when you got on that, it got quiet. He said, the whole don't need a physician. The sick need a physician. So they watched him handle broken people. The, the, the prophet Isaiah said of Jesus that when he comes, he said, a smoking flax he will not put out. A person's life who's, I mean, their spiritual life is just barely, uh, barely. it's like watching the, the flax or uh, the wick on a candle. It's almost out. When Jesus comes, he will find people like that. He will not quench them. Rather, he will, he will fan the flame. And he said a bruised reed, a person at the very edge of being completely broken apart, he said a bruised reed he wouldn't break. Jesus handled broken people, and he handled people that the wick of their life was almost out. But yet they got around him, and they got... Sick of winning life. How dare you welcome prostitutes in when we men are seen. You know, in his day, women couldn't even really eat around men, much less prostitutes come in the room, and Jesus let them handle him. Zacchaeus comes down out of a tree and Jesus says, Hey, I'm going to your house to eat today. Matter of fact, me, me and my whole crew, we coming. And the religious crowd's like, Oh, here we go again. And they saw God, felt God, encountered the presence of the God they'd never seen before when they were around you. Children, like these kids, children would follow Jesus around all the time. No basketball, no football, no Fortnite, right? Jesus didn't have social media, but word of mouth, Y'all hear about that dude that's taking his thumbs, wiping blindness out of people's eyes? Where he at? We going. Right? This is Jesus. They fell in love with him. And when he began to tell them, I'm leaving, John 14, their hearts got heavy. Like we make it out of a funeral verse. It was not a funeral verse. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe what? In my fathers are many what? Lie, anyway, let's keep on going. In my father's house are many matches. If it were not so, wouldn't I have to? That is not a funeral verse. He was telling them, I'm fixing to leave. And then what is he going to? He says this, but I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you comfortless because the comforter of Israel in the days of Jesus was Jesus. But I'm going away. But he says, I will send you another helper, alos paraclete. I will send you another of the same kind that will allow you to do in my absence what I would do if I were physically present. I'm going to throw this Bible. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will enable us, Matthew, to do in the absence of the physical presence of Jesus. What Jesus would do if he were physically present. Not only, and we'll get there, but not only in the terms of power ministry, like miracles, signs, and wonders, but the same union, the same common union, the same communion that I have with Abba, you will have. See, honestly, they had a direct line to Jesus. Jesus had a direct line with his father, but what they did not know is the same way you know me and commune with me and hear me and feel me and smell me. You have that same union with the father because of me. As a matter of fact, before Jesus left the earth, he looks at the 12 disciples. He did a lot of rewiring in three years. He taught them not to just call God God. He taught them to chiefly call him Abba Papa, father. Matter of fact, if you go to Israel this day, you'll hear him say, Abba. You'll see little kids running around say, Abba. Jesus was saying, you call father that. He is father. And he told them, I believe it's John 16 or 14. He said, up until this point, you have never asked anything of the father in my name, but now ask. What? Now start using my name when you talk to Abba. And whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And they're like, this guy is amazing. He was blowing their minds while also blowing their hearts. And they were falling in love with him. He said, but I'm leaving. And their hearts became heavy, naturally so. And he said, I'm not going to leave you without another comforter. And he says, you will He says, the world cannot receive him because they don't know him. He said, but you know him and he is in you. What? I know him because how do I know him? And how do I know he's in me? Because if if he's in me, why do I really got to try to even know him? And Jesus is once again stretching how they think. We read today where Jesus called him the promise of the father. Do you understand That the 12 disciples did miracles before Acts chapter 2. What is Acts chapter 2? It is when we call it the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon the 12 or 120 in that room. But do you understand they were doing miracles before the Holy Spirit came upon them? Come on now, it's quiet. Why could they do miracles before the Holy Spirit came upon them? Because they literally did life with the living word who is Jesus. But he said... I'm leaving, I won't leave you comfortless. Go tarry in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit has come upon you right and then watch what happens. so I want to make some statements to you today and I really want you to listen left my notebook in my office, but okay, I'll go for memory here we go Jesus Christ was God watch this he was actually filled. <laughs> with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. It was vital for us that the Son of God be manifested in a fleshly body. We had to see that. Bill Johnson, one of my favorite communicators, said this. He said, if Jesus Christ would have just came and did miracles as God, We could have applauded, but we'd have had no hope in reproducing them. But he did them as a human. Now, you missed it. He did them as a human. Why? Why as a human? Because he wanted us to know that it was up to you and I when he's gone to continue doing those when he left. Jesus Christ did miracles as a son of man. Watch this. Anointed by Holy Spirit. That's why he did no miracles before the age of 30. Was Jesus always anointed? Yes. But what happened at the age of 30? He gets baptized, and who comes and sits on his shoulder? The Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. Understand that the Holy Spirit was always with Jesus. He did that for us, not for himself. I promise you that much. And at the age of 30, he visibly starts doing miracles. As a man anointed by the Holy Spirit as a human being. You know why? Because he never wanted us to be able to say, I did him as God, but he did him as a human anointed by the Holy Spirit. So the same Holy Spirit that rested on his flesh, is there any difference than the Holy Spirit that rests on us? I would say no. I would say no. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write some things down. And this is just, I'll try to, let me see, 1149. I'll try to get us out of here by 5 o'clock. I got to go to the Ozarks. So I got, somebody said 5 o'clock. What time zone? So the Holy Spirit, everybody say this, say he indwells us. I know I write like a negative one grader. I, I get it. He indwells us, but he also, he empowers us. He, this means that he lives, what? In us, right? But this means he comes, what? Upon us. See the difference? So watch this. I believe it's John chapter 20, 21, verses 20 to 22, somewhere in there. Jesus, after the resurrection, Jesus is in an upper room with his disciples, and the Bible said he did this. He says, says he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. They literally received the Holy Spirit before Acts 2. See that? Acts 2 was not about them getting born again. They received the Holy Spirit in John 20. Acts 2, rather, was about, watch this, empowerment for ministry. And this, what I'm fixing to give you, help me. I wish I would have got this when I was much younger. And I pray this speaks to you. He indwells us in us or within us, right? But I want you to get this. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit living in us? Many things. This is just a few things, but I wanted, I wanted to help you. He's in me for watch this. Divine restraint. There's some things I know I can't say no to, but boy, the Holy Spirit helps me. For you, this thing might be different. I'm just telling you, little Debbie and me, we tight. For you, it may, you may not have, you don't need divine restraint for that. You pick whatever it is. Chris, you just said something. To, I don't know what you just said to Kaylee, but you keep communicating over there, brother. Whatever that divine restraint needs to be. Sweet tea. Coca-Cola. Where's Kaylee now? He in here. Broccoli. Whatever that thing needs to be. <laughs> divine restraint. The Holy Spirit helps you to say no to things. But watch this. He also helps you to say yes to things. You see that? So he indwells me for divine restraint. Right. Watch this. I love this here, though. He empowers me, though, for divine release. Here, he's stopping things. Here, he's releasing things. Do you notice some things that he wants to come through your fingertips? (laughs) Right? There's some stuff that he wants to come through your fingertips. Watch this. I'm not talking about in a church service. I'm talking about at 7-Eleven. I'm talking about in your cubicle. I'm talking about on your Zoom meeting call. I'm talking about while you're mowing your grass out front and your neighbor walks by. I'm talking about everyday life. Do you understand that Jesus of Nazareth did two miracles in the Holy Scriptures in the synagogue? Two! You know what the church in the West has done? When miracles are reserved for? What? How many you see in church anyway? I see way more people get touched by God outside of church than I ever do inside of church. Seriously? Why? Because really the Holy Spirit is in me to release the reality of his world, the reality of God's love. So he indwells me and he lives inside of me. I make this statement often here. You and I are divine real estate. It's Corinthians 3.16. Know ye not that your body is the temple of who? Holy Spirit, right? So He lives in me, but He also comes upon me, right? He's in me for divine restraint. Boy, I was I was fixing to give Matthew a piece of my mind. Why didn't you? I felt some divine restraint. That doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit will go. You can't days, days, day, day. nothing. I tell you, that's not how that works. It's Jesse, you know in here you're not supposed to do that. Watch this. And you're in agreement with that. Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit doesn't do. At least I don't think this is universally true. Jesus never said, Jesus never said, pray and temptations will never come your way. Well, I wish that was true. He just said, pray that you what? Don't fall into them. <laughs> it's like he doesn't go around removing all temptation. But there's this thing called divine restraint. I wish, I do believe that freedom can come this way. But the truth is, if the Lord frees you from something, it doesn't mean that he always takes that desire of that thing away. That may be true in some areas. Little Debbie. I wish the Lord would take the taste of a donut out of my mouth. That hadn't happened. So I got I to walk by that cafe on a Sunday morning and pray that divine what? I can eat eight without breathing. I'm just saying, you pick your thing. But for, you need divine restraint, right? I got a brother, I am a, I'm a skinny Lumbee Indian, but I got a brother, he ain't so skinny. He tells me, he's like, I can smell food and gain weight. But anyway, just love that. He, got, he has a gift. So divine restraint, but also divine release. I want to talk more about this here in a minute. The Holy Spirit literally is in me for, I'm going to put a D with a mark, it. it's also, it's divine communion. Do you know that you can commune with God? You don't even, you might be fishing or playing basketball, but I promise you, your spirit is in communion with God. And to the degree that you choose to be aware of that, to that degree, you benefit from it. Do you know you are spirit, soul, and body? one-third of you is completely connected to God right now. Wall to wall and your spirit, you all God up in there. But we're not always aware of that. But your spirit is in communion. The psalmist said, deep cries unto thee. The deep part of me is crying out to the deep part of him. The more we learn to live in awareness of that, that's how you can say some things like this. I hate this statement, but I understand what it means. Matthew is really close to God. Not any closer than we are. He just chooses to be aware. Novelin is really close. Herb, you are really close to God. You're just choosing to be aware of what's happening in here. Does that make sense? So he's in me for divine communion. Also, he's in me. Watch this. I I don't even want to use divine on that one. He's in me to produce or to release Christ. C-H-R-I-S-T, Josh. Christ character. Does that make sense? The character of Christ comes because of the Holy Spirit in you. He grows that. He matures that. He develops that. Character doesn't happen in a moment, and I wish it did. Like, you can't answer an altar call and say, I impart to you the character of Christ. Pow! Oh, and it don't happen that way. It'd be awesome if it did, but the character of Christ doesn't come through an altar call. You know, Pentecostal churches, everything comes to an altar call. Doesn't happen that way, though, in real life. Well, you might get an altar call and they say, we just imparted you the character of Christ and catch you at a red light in a rush. What happened to that character? Yeah. Watch this. He's also in me to help me. This is part of it. What? Mature or just, just grow. He helps us. Are we all at different places? 100%. We're all at different places. We all at different places. This goes with this. He also produces in my life the fruit of the what? Paul lists nine of those. He probably could have kept going, which, by the way, if you got any counselors or therapists in the room, the fruit of the Spirit are nothing more than emotions. Think about that. God gave us those things, right? It's impossible to be spiritually mature if you are emotionally immature. That is so good. I'll buy my own tape right there. That's blessing me right there. So the Holy Spirit in us produces the fruit of the Spirit, Right? And usually, these things happen. Watch this. I don't know if I'm spelling this right, but anyway, you get the point. Gradually, or I'm going to put time, or over time. Now, watch this. He's in me for divine communion. He's in me for divine release. He he comes upon me, right? So I'm going to put here, I put Christ-like character here. What can I put for that one here? Let me look back at my notes. Here he releases the, the power of Christ. So here it's the character of Christ, but he comes upon me to release the power of Christ. The disciples, after three years of sleeping beside Jesus, eating with Jesus, riding boats with Jesus, climbing mountains with Jesus, fishing with Jesus, running with Jesus, all the stuff, they still had issues. Peter was still cousin. They were still, after three years, because why? It happens, we mature or we grow over time. They were still arguing about, well, uh, Stephen's greater than us. Matthew's more mature than I am. Jesus turns around and like, what are y'all talking about? Smack, <laughs> like, those guys didn't have it all together. But it was, it was working. He was, the Holy Spirit was maturing them. Those same guy, after the Holy Spirit comes upon him, Peter that was always putting his foot in his mouth, he spoke before he'd think. He spoke before he would think. The same guy, Acts 2, stands up on the day of Pentecost, preaches, Acts 3, performs the first miracle in the early church. Lays hands on a guy that couldn't walk, and the guy gets something walk. That's the same guy, by the way, that a few days earlier cut somebody's ear off. My father-in-law said, you know why Peter cussed so much? Because Jesus healed his mother-in-law. You ever heard that? Anyway, just keep on going. (laughs) I I can't support that with scripture, but I'm saying that's just what a guy told me one time. So he lives within me because he indwells me. He empowers me because he comes upon me. He lives in me and gives me divine restraint. He comes upon me for divine release. He's in me for divine communion. He's in me and he produces Christ-like character. He comes upon me and he allows me to produce the power of Christ or to demonstrate the power of God. He's in me for my own maturity and for my own growth. He's upon me, watch this, I believe for others I'm kind of hesitant to put this, but for others' growth or for others' faith. What does that mean? Somebody can see something come through your fingertips and be like, man, I, I always doubted that. But I was downtown one time here in the city. I shared this story a lot. I've shared it here before. And we were right outside of the, what's the theater downtown called? The Harkins Theater, the little bridge somewhere right there. And uh, somebody was, like, playing a guitar, and I was down there with a group of students, and I'm like, we're coming out here just to pray for people, you know? Now I say, we're going just to go love on people. If you feel something in your heart, just act that out. And we're praying for a guy, and he had a little, like, hand brace on or whatever, and we're just praying for him. And I said, can I pray for your hand? And he's like, I don't believe in that. Sh-. Beep. Awesome. But can I pray for your hand? <laughs> um, finally, he's like, yeah, whatever. We pray for it. I'll never, I'll never forget this. He's like, what what in the F you do to my hand? I was like, I ain't do nothing to your hand. If anything happened to your hand, it's Jesus, right? He's like, no, I really like legitimately feels better. He said, but I don't believe in that. You know what I was able to say? Yeah, but God believes in you. Because watch this. Your belief in or of God doesn't make him real or more true. What's true is true. You can say you hate God, and he still is going to love you. Your children can say, I hate you. And if you're worth the salt of your food, you'll still say, yeah, but I still love you. She's like, well, but, but yeah, but, but because I don't have faith, that ain't supposed to happen. I want to say, sorry, you have faith, even though you don't believe you have faith. Because the scripture says, it's been given to every man a measure of faith. You got faith? You ever sat in a chair? Yeah, you got faith. No, you believe. You just don't know what you believe in. You believe. Sometimes he comes upon us so that other people, that ignition happens, that catalytic converter in your faith happens. Now, I, I don't know what I believe about that, but something's, there's something there. There's something there. There's something there. He comes up, he, he, he indwells me to produce the fruit of the spirit. Watch this. But he empowers me to produce what 1 Corinthians 12 calls the gifts of the Spirit. You know those. He indwells me to produce the character of Christ, which happens what? Gradually or over time. But this is really cool. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We definitely grow in gifts over time. But usually this happens. Suddenly. Suddenly. There's a whole lot of suddenlies in the Bible, and I mean suddenlies with gifts of the Spirit happening. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Peter, okay, you've been cussing people out. You probably, anyway, Peter was rough. You're struggling with comparison. You're cussing people out. You cut a guy's ear off, and remember, I know we talk about this, but you do know he wasn't aiming for the guy's ear. How many people do you know have ever swung a sword at somebody aiming for somebody's ear? The guy got lucky. His name was Malchus. Malchus got lucky. And matter of fact, when Peter cut his ear off, I mean, Jesus was something else. Jesus walks up and does what? Picks up that guy, like, come here, home boy. Like, what are you doing? And he put the guy's ear on. By the way, the spirit that indwelt Jesus, that obviously rested upon Jesus, demonstrated power. There was a divine release. What do you think Malchus was thinking about? He's coming, he's coming to the garden thinking, I'm going to go arrest this Nazarene because he's, he's a religious preacher. He's, he's causing an uproar. Rome don't like it. He probably thinks, I mean, he's just a religious Jewish preacher. Until his ear got cut off, and the guy that you, you're supposed to be a phony or a heretic picks up your ear and puts it back on. I bet you got faith real quick, homeboy. <laughs> like, like, real quick. I bet, I bet he couldn't even, I bet he, he, he probably never laid hands on, he's probably just going. I mean, he had a Verizon moment. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. This is amazing. Like, what is going on? I mean, somebody preach on what probably happened to him. I was, let me wrap up here. Come on, listen for me, if you don't mind. I was 20 years old, I think. No, I was 18. 18, when I finally was awakened to Christ in me. I don't, just in case you're wondering, I don't believe that you say a prayer and make Jesus Lord. I believe Jesus is Lord whether you like it or not. And the Bible says he's Lord over all. And He says he's in all, overall, and through all. But when I was awakened to the fact that Christ was in me, it changed things. So at 18, I tried to start intentionally walking with Jesus. I was actually dating this this young girl and we quit. Any kids in the room? We quit having sex because I wanted to stop having sex. I was 18. I was in my prime, y'all. I was was in my prime. I was 18. I said, I can't do that no more. Why? Her dad was a pastor. She said, why? Why? I mean, we were really strong in our faith. I'm just telling you. My dad was a pastor. Your dad's a pastor. And we're still doing this. Because every time I tried to do that thing, I knew that was wrong. I knew it was wrong before. But I always felt like I had this voice in me that was just telling me, you know, that's not right. Knew it was wrong. But I just became aware that God was in me. I had the worst mouth. Every, I felt like every, it was hard for me to have a conversation without cussing, all the time. I was telling somebody this morning. I was like Lakeisha. I got suspended 11 times in high school for fighting. I got suspended my first day of high school before school got started. I was walking up the steps. This really big dude was behind me. We were outside walking up the stairwell. I'm going to the second level, and I made a mistake and stepped on a guy's notebook. And he, I mean, he was huge. He was 11th grader, played football. He pushed me, and my first reaction was to turn around and kick. And I turned around, and as hard as I could, I kicked him right in the face. Broke his nose. I ran so fast, let me tell you what. I ran off the school campus across the street to a convenience store. If he would have grabbed me, he would have killed me. Y'all, I wouldn't be here today. I'd have been singing, swing low, sweet cherry. You coming for to carry me home. I got suspended for my first day of school before the day even got started. I had no restraint. Sexually. My attitude. But it's funny when Holy Spirit, nobody told me now God's in you. Truth, truth was, he, he, he always was. I can remember as a young boy before I ever saying the prayer, my heart been moved in services where my dad would be preaching. And I didn't, I didn't know why because they told me I was a sinner rather than a son. But he was there. But when I awoke to the fact that God was in me, what stuff began to change. It was only at the age of 24, Matthew, before I was ever challenged in the area of divine release. Because when I grew up, I was all about don't sin. Got to have restraint. Don't, 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 don't. They never really talked about character. (laughs) Every time I would do something wrong, they would say, well, you just need to keep growing in Christ. In 2004 or 5, I read a book called The Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind by a guy named Bill Johnson. And it changed everything for me. And he talked about restraint, being coupled with release. He talked about Christ-like character, being coupled with Christ-like power. And I was like, whoa, I can do And I begin to intentionally try through my way of practice and just to be aware of people around me. Man, I'll never forget the first time I went into a CVS in Maxton. I believe it's Maxton, that that one there, North Carolina. And I go in there and there's a young lady behind the desk. And I thought, I'm going to do what I read in this book. No, I'm going to do what I read in this book. I couldn't get disqualified if I got it wrong. Which, by the way, you can't get disqualified if you get it wrong. How, how are you going to mess up if you're just walking in love toward people? We, in, in every genre, we allow people to make mistakes, except Christianity. You don't kick you out of basketball if you don't win the game or if you missed a shot. Or baseball, or whatever it is. But for some reason, our faith, you can't, you can't try in love. And I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go give somebody a word. I didn't even know what that was, but I was going to do it. There used to be a lady she used to be really popular back in the day before anyway her name was Juanita Bonham I walked in CVS and I see this young lady behind the desk and the only thing I can think of is she looks a lot like Juanita Bonham she was a young lady and I just had these words come in my mind and I thought I don't know where they came from they might just be for her I should probably tell her and I, it was just very very generic but see I am I'm in the pre-k of this stage but I'm stepping out on faith. I didn't have a spiritual father or guide or coach or mentor or disciple or helping me. I'm just stepping out doing what I read in this book. And I go and I say, you know what? In my heart, I feel like you used to really love Jesus, but you got around the wrong people and you quit going to church and you quit not. And I don't remember everything, but it was something very generic essentially like that. And she busts out crying and she comes from behind. The camera. She's like, how you know that she's crying? And she hugs me and I pray with her. I, was, I can't even tell you how re- overly religious I was at that time. But as soon as I walk out of those CVS doors, I thought, who's the man of God in this area right now? This is my city. <laughs> God lives in me. <laughs> but that was a start of me trying by faith to release the love of God. Now, I got a hundred stories I can share with you. Some are really cool. Some I really, really missed it. But God didn't say, oh, you got that wrong, I'm gone. I want to tell you something. We are turning to a new chapter in Way Family Church. I want to release you with the knowledge that not only does God live in you, I'm telling you, he is upon you right now. And to the degree that you live aware of God's spirit on you, to that degree, you live in the supernatural. Most of us have never, we've never even shared our faith outside of church, guys. I'm telling you, that is our own issue, but we have to get over that. I'm not telling you to walk around with a Bible under your arm in 7-Eleven and say, hey, thus saith the Lord. Don't do that. I'm simply saying, be love in your normal going to and fro of whatever that looks like for you. Just be love. Just be. I never forget. In this building, when we were before we ever even built those two rooms in the back, we had construction crews coming here. I was here every day, fifteen hours a day, five days a week, just doing little random odds and ends. And I was praying for construction workers, and I led two Hispanic workers to Christ. They just doing drywall. We get in a conversation. One barely speaks English. One speaks fairly good English, and he he's trying to interpret for me, and I'm giving like words of knowledge, and the guy's crying. Him. I mean, he probably thinks, I just came here to do drywall, man. What happened? He got a divine release. And his faith began to grow. Boom. The Holy Spirit is on every person in this room right now. All you have to do is just go be loved to somebody. You never know what being kind will actually end up releasing. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Everybody say this, say, He lives in me, but he comes upon me, say, He lives in me, but he comes upon me. If you're a dancer in this room, I want to tell you something. He lives in you, but he's coming upon you. If you work at Dale like the treats do, I want to tell you something. He lives in you, but he comes upon you. If you're a carpenter in this room, he lives in you, but he's coming upon you. If you work with Finances in this room, you need to understand something. He lives in you, but he's coming upon you. Get ready for suddenlies to hit you. You're just going to be trying to buy your grocery, get in and get out, but you're going to feel an unusual sensing, maybe on aisle seven. You're somewhere around, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm just trying to buy ice cream, but I look at this late and I feel this in my heart. Step out in faith and just say something like this. Hey, can I pray for you? Is there anything you need help with? You would be surprised what's on the other side of your obedience. I'm telling you something, man. I'm not telling you something I don't do on a weekly basis. Rarely do I share my stories. Even to my best friends, rarely do I share my stories. Because I don't ever want you to think God does that because he's a preacher. Man, I am not a preacher. I am a son. I'm one of the worst preachers in the region by far. But I am a really good son. Not because I have good stuff to say. I have an amazing dad. It goes back to him. And I'm telling you, regardless of the genre of your work environment, I don't care if you deliver pizza, find God living on the inside of you. You can say, God, when I hand off this pizza, would you do something special in that person's life? We got to get to a place where we understand that walking in love is not reserved for the spiritual elite, but it's reserved for everyday people who simply know that God is good and I'm his son and nothing changes with that. And you can have as much communion and divine union with God God. West can do this watching a house get built as much as we can right here inside of this building. But how aware are you going to be of God? So you know what I'm praying? God, would you do the unusual? Would you begin to do what normally we would not call common? Would you make it common in our midst? So see the opportunity this week and seize the opportunity this week. Don't you got to have great faith? The scripture says in Galatians, faith works through love. Walk in love and watch faith come alive. I want to give you an assignment. If you do this, be bold. Do what I'm asking you to do. Watch this and hit me up on social media. If you got my phone number, text me. If you want it, come and ask me. I'll give it to you. I want to know, would there be anybody that's willing to live in faith this week to exercise love towards somebody else? And just watch it. Watch what's on the other side of it. Come on, extend your hands for a moment. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you right now. I know your spirit lives inside of every human being you've ever created because we cannot even come into existence without the movement of your spirit. But I know, God, even in my own life, sometimes I get so caught up in my work and being a dad and even being a spouse and doing the things that life sometimes requires that I'm quick to forget. That you don't just live in me, you are upon me. But Lord, there is a world around me that is drowning in information yet starving for truth. And I pray this week for suddenlies to come upon us. You, you might be working from home. You know what I mean? Working at home on a phone. Listen to for the other individual. God might whisper something in your ear. It just random times of the day, the Holy Spirit is going to drop family members and friends in your heart. Don't think it's by chance. Pray for that person. What is on the other side of your obedience? I pray for an acute sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Some of you almost feel like, man, I haven't felt nothing like that forever, or maybe even never, but I'm telling you from this day forward, you will i ask you holy spirit to literally just reawaken sensitivity to who you are this works in regards to business deals should i take the opportunity should i not should i do this should i not should i walk through the door should i not do i say yes to this job and no to this job should i not should i should i not i'm telling you just be aware of the holy spirit he is upon you he is upon you he is upon you you the Holy Spirit I release a fresh awareness I just want to say what I feel I want to baptize you into holy awareness I want to baptize you into holy awareness be aware this week be aware this week be as much aware of Holy Spirit in and upon you as he is of you I give you permission to do this I charge you with this Go find your Jerusalem, your Judea, your Samaria, and your uttermost and go be Christ in that world. In Jesus' name. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via cash app at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.